Welcome to Excelling in Christ, the podcast where we focus on a solid book, chapter, and verse foundation. This is the podcast for people that hunger to follow the map of God's Word. I'm talking about people who really believe that when Christ said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, that's what they want. They are looking for the Word of God. Today we introduce another aspect of spiritual growth. This is to clean house, you must first see the dirt. And today we're looking for the dirt of majoring in minors. Do you know somebody that does this? Do you know that person take the smallest little crazy detail and just try to drive you nuts with it? If you do, then I think you're going to love this podcast. And you might just want to try to tactfully share it with them. So what is majoring in minors? Majoring in minors is what Jesus confronted, for example, in the Pharisees, where he said that they strained at the gnat and swallowed the camel. They tithed mint, dill, and cumin, and then they neglected the weightier matters of the law, such as justice, mercy, and faith. Now you can read that whole passage over in Matthew 23, 23 through verse 26. Basically, what majoring in minors is doing is taking something very small, making it a major issue while ignoring important issues. Now, obviously, that's crazy behavior. So you have to ask, why in the world would people do something that is so obviously out of kilter with the Bible? Well, in my research and my study, what I've found is three good answers. Now, if you know of a fourth one that belongs on the list, I would love to hear from you. So here are the three that I have found that I think rank right up here at the top. One is, it is a way to avoid major issues in a person's own life. Number two, it's a way to manipulate and control other people. And number three, it's a way to feel superior over other people which is obviously anti-Christian, right? So, which one of these is commendable and good? And if you say none of them, you're absolutely right. So, what's wrong with majoring in minors? <laughs> just about everything. It's just like the total opposite of Christianity, which makes it kind of funny, isn't it? You've got people out there professing to be Christian, and yet they're doing the opposite of what Christians ought to be doing. So, you may know a Christian or two that's just mind-numbing, frustrating, because every little detail, no matter how insanely trivial, all of a sudden becomes a salvific matter of heaven and hell. And of course, they are God's appointed guardians of the truth. They know they're right and everyone else has to be wrong. So let me give you three quick examples of what I have in mind. And then you can share your comments if you like. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about things like... What was the forbidden fruit Adam ate? And oh, heaven forbid you call it an apple if you're talking to one of these people. What kind of fish swallowed Jonah? <laughs> Get ready for a long lecture if you say, well, mm -mm, that's not the right answer. <laughs> what was Paul's thorn in the flesh? And now you're into another endless round of... <sighs> what mind-numbing whatever anyway so would you believe this list goes on and on 
So what is the problem? The problem is when we swallow the camel, trying to strain out the gnat like the Pharisees did. So let me be very, very clear. Am I saying you should never, ever discuss trivial topics? No, I am not saying that at all. So what am I saying? I'm saying that being divisive and insisting that one's own opinion is the truth, that totally misses the spirit of Christianity. The person that feels superior by looking down on others over such matter doesn't realize how inferior he or she really is. And the only one they're fooling is who? Themselves. So let me be clear. It is totally fine to have an opinion on any subject. And it is 100% okay to have a friendly discussion on any Bible subject, no matter how trivial it is. So where's the problem? It's when a person gets truly upset and so invested in such trivial matters that they have to really put other people down, intimidate, and become ugly and stubborn. That, that's where we cross the line. That person <laughs> needs to stop and ask him or herself, what is the bigger truth? What is the deeper issue they're avoiding? And one of those deeper issues they're avoiding is their own spiritual immaturity. If they have to put other people down in order to feel important themselves, then obviously they're still spiritual babies nursing the baby bottle. Now, I get it. Focusing on the little issues is way easier than confronting the big issues, like lingering issues, let's say, from one's childhood when one was abused and neglected in some way or another. It's much easier to pick on whether... Adam had a belly button or not than it is to address issues like a relationship with your mate, for example. It's way easier to talk about which came first, the chicken or the egg, than it is to address an addiction problem. So, pardon my bluntness, but some people are just cowardly, and they're picking the easy fights to avoid the real things that would really honestly change their life for the better and transform their lives. But they just don't want to do the hard work. At least that's how it appears to me. So now let's do a little something else here. Let's bring a little brain science into it, a little dopamine hit. You just have to feel sorry for some people. Their life is so messed up and so miserable that the only place they get the joy of a little dopamine hit is by feeling they've won an argument over some total nonsense point. And there's a little bit of irony here because Jesus came to heal. He came to seek and save the lost. Or John 10.10, 10, he came that we might have life and have it more abundant. So he loves these people. And yet they refuse to enter into the healing process that he offers them. So how do you handle these people? Well, let's go back to the Bible because that's what excelling in Christ is all about, is walking in the footsteps of Jesus. And in the Bible, I would start you off at Romans 14 and verse 1, and you can read that all the way through to Romans 15 and verse 7. But in that, beginning at Romans 14, 1, the vegetarians and the meat eaters were at odds with one another. They were fussing about what they could and couldn't eat. 
And Paul just basically, if you'll allow me to paraphrase, said, leave each other alone. Quit fussing about it. So that's my first tactic. Once I identify somebody as one of these nitpickers who have got to make an issue over the most trivial detail, I just leave them alone. I, let me rephrase that a bit. I politely leave them alone. Don't want to be ugly, but there's no need to engage them. Next, what I do is I use this as my own opportunity, and I encourage you to do the same, to excel in Christ. Now, what do I mean? Well, I'm thinking of 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, where Paul explains that love is patient. <laughs> Wonderful opportunity to practice patience, right? Love is kind. Here's another opportunity for us to practice kindness. Doesn't brag, doesn't get arrogant, doesn't act unbecomingly. So you're with one of these people that has just got some mind-numbing, crazy argument over why they are absolutely right over this most trivial little detail. And instead of blowing up and acting like a fool and getting baited in with them, love to act unbecomingly. And so here's an opportunity to exercise proper behavior and decor, demeanor, <laughs> while dealing with somebody who obviously doesn't have it together. So Paul would say, love doesn't seek its own. It is not easily provoked. And so instead of insisting on straining out the gnat and swallowing the camel, this is a great, great opportunity for us to practice patient love. It gives us an opportunity to love the unlovable, which is what happens to be God's level of love. Now think John 3.16 here, where he so loved the world and gave his only begotten son. God was loving the unlovable when he gave Christ, and it is his love that we want to learn to intimidate. So, let's take another little turn here. Do you love it when other people love you, warts and all? Do you love it when other people just let you be who you are and where you are in your spiritual journey? And I'm sure you do. I know I do. And the point I'm making is very, very simple. As much as possible, you give people that same great feeling. You love them where they're at in their journey, and you love them warts and all. And if you can, and if you'll be there with them, kind of walk alongside them, you'll be there to watch them grow. Now, finally, one more way to manage this kind of person, and then we'll start to bring this to a close. The other Bible verse I would use is simply the golden rule, Matthew 7, 12. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you is the common paraphrase of that. So, do you like being looked down on and treated inferior? Of course not. None of us do. We don't like that. So, we won't look down on other people and treat them inferior. Especially, especially over pointless little things that are merely matters of opinion. We're just not going to do it. So, I'm a preacher. i got to do it. One more verse and then we'll close. Paul said in Romans 12, 18, as much as it depends on you, live at peace with all people. So what we're ultimately here to do as Christians is to make the world a better place, to be the salt of the earth, to let our light shine, as Christ said over there in Matthew 5 and about verse 13. And so that's what we do. We learn to excel in Christ so that we can make this world at least our own little corner of it, a better place.
Hey, thanks for joining me today. If you enjoyed what you heard, do me a little favor. Share this wherever you do your social media. And as always, I hope you have a great day.